Welcome, 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 family, to another episode of the Midnight Moods podcast, Conscious Conversations, Real Talk with Real Ones. I'm Coco the Conscious, aka Mr. Moods, and our special guest for this evening is Doro. Am I am I saying your name right, by the oh, way? I forgot to ask Doro. Doro, yeah, yeah. yes. Mm. Activist, nature lover, and campaigner, we were saying. Yes, any other titles that you'd like to put out there? Or even manifest for the future. No, I no? think that describes okay. me pretty much. Yeah. Positive person. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah, Positive yeah, yeah. person. I got that yeah. from you when I first met you yeah. at the at the was it a rally? What would you call uh, it? Ah, it's a vigil we do every Tuesday a outside vigil. Tanya Plibersek's office yeah. from twelve to one. Mm-hmm. So we're hopping in right now. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But I also wanted to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land mm-hmm. that we are on, the Gadigal people mm-hmm. um, of the Era Nation, and. Pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Um, and um, it always strikes me, really, how well they've looked after country yes. you know, for 60,000 plus years. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. So what we've managed to do in just 200 years um, here in this country is mind-blowing. So mm. I really um, wanted to acknowledge the traditional owners, particularly Beautiful. in this podcast yes, here. Yes, thank with you. you. Yes, Coco. this is Gadigal land right here. That's right. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And it's true. They like we can learn so much from their cultures or how they t- took care of the land and still to this day take care of the land. I feel like that's where we need to find a kind of find a balance, you know, oh, with absolutely. these leaders right now and then mm. elders where we can just come together and this. Yeah, uh, there's just so much wisdom that's there, but we're not tapping into it. No, we're not. Mm. We, we're largely ignoring them. Yeah. Um, but they have so much to share and they still do. So, um I think whenever there's an opportunity for anybody, yeah. they should sort of just reach out and, you know, try to talk to them mm. and um, get their story. Beautiful. And you just learn so much. You know, there's this wonderful, and he's often coming to um, events. His name is Bruce Shillingsworth, and okay. he's from the southwest yeah. of the state. Yeah. Um, she knows her, yeah. Yes, wow. yeah. He, he's amazing. Mm. You know, he's a great, straight talker. Mm. Um, and he has so much to share. You know, like yeah. of his wisdom and how land should be run and, you know, how land should be cared for and how you should walk. And, you know, so I really always enjoy or whether it's a storyteller or, yeah. you know, I work a lot up in the mid-north coast and that's Gumbangia land. Okay. Um, and that's also, they're very strong people up there. And yeah. it's really um, amazing to be up there. Wow. Mm. When was the last time you were up there? Uh, not too long ago, only a mm. few weeks actually. Okay. I'm going back up on Friday. Um, uh, there's a koala conference in Coffs Harbour, yeah. so I'll be there for that, and then uh-huh. also another for you know a few days. And um, the reason why I'm going up there is mm. also um, because um, th- that's the area of um, where there's a proposal for a Great Koala National Park. Mm. Um, that's over 350,000 hectares. Wow. Um, and that would incorporate um, existing national park and state forest as well. Um, wow. So this proposal would require about 250,000 hectares of state forest. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, it's been in the pipeline also for a long time. And labor is apparently supporting this if they are voted in at this coming up election. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, they, they said that last time too, so I hope they stick to it and I hope mm. they stick to the full volume of this national park. But it's like an S-shape. goes just, you know, from inland, Dorigal, you know, past sort of Coffs Harbour down to Kempsey, Port Macquarie. That, wow. Yeah, it's beautiful land. Yeah. But the problem now is under this liberal government we have, mm. um, 
there is incessant logging up there right now. So mm. they're logging actually areas that are mapped out for the Great Koala National Park. So they go in, they do not only native forest logging in there, mm. and that's the most intense it's ever been, but also plantations. And some, you know, these plantations, forestry, like New South Wales Forestry Corporation calls them plantation, and they, you know, um, what they describe as a plantation can change from one week to the next. So it's ah, not very tricky. You know, so it's, it's very tricky. Yeah, it yeah. is a gray area. So they say sometimes something is a plantation if in the 1960s somebody went through and he just threw some seeds in the air. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's like a plantation. Ah. And so they say this is plantation and we can completely clear fill this area. Mm. And they have copped quite a lot of fines lately in that region um, because of this sort of practice, um, particularly when the EPA came on board, but mm. um, it's you know it's it's um, traumatizing for everybody who lives there and cares for forests. Yeah. Like the communities up there are suffering at the moment greatly. Like I have quite a f you know there's a quite a few groups, um, and they yeah they're traumatized. Like you don't understand almost living in the city, mm. but if you live up there and you live in the forest, like yeah. you do in that area, mm. there's this beautiful land called the promised land. Uh -huh. um, and I know forest neighbors, they call them, but they're just like, literally there's this land and they're amongst the, the forest and they can hear the koalas wow. at night, you know, and they can, you know, there's animals like radar gliders and owls and everything. And then all they do now at the moment, they just hear the chainsaws going through, you know, and the pulling over of trees. And mm. I, you know, just in, you know, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. just thinking of mm. it. Like in January, we were in an area and that's an area that was going to be logged. And then I was there just a few weeks ago and literally, oh, you know, you just don't understand how awful it looks when mm. you've been there. There are creeks and everything and they just... Massacred it. It is massacred. Yeah. Mm. So, and these people, um, they suffer. Mm. Um, and they're represented mostly by national, you know, from the national party. And we just had a rally actually also a couple of weeks ago on Thursday. There was a debate in parliament mm. um, about ending native forest logging that was put on by a petition that get more, got more than 20,000 um, signatures. Wow. So it was forced to be debated Good. in the legislative assembly. And people from the regions came down and, you know, we had a big rally outside New South Wales parliament. And nice. You know, everybody marched in then and were in the gallery yeah. and then the debate started and, you know, yeah. <laughs> this great moment. You feel like a drum roll. Yeah. And then the nationals talk. Ah, okay. <laughs> and they say, wow, you know, logging is great for the forest, you know, and, you know, this is what our wildlife needs and, you know, all this literally BS. You great know, for uh, the forest. Yeah. What is that perspective though? I'm curious to like how, how, how does that make sense? Yeah, to you and me, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but okay. what they say is, um, you know, there's an opportunity for regrowth, for, for you know, for it to, to grow, you know, bigger. And it would actually, in their mind, um, reduce burning, you know, fires. Oh, okay. But it doesn't. Mm. I don't know um, whether any of you have has heard of David Lindenmeyer. He's a professor. Mm. I've from, heard that name. Yeah, yeah. ANU. So he's done extensive, extensive studies yes. um, on burning. And, um, you know, it's clear up until, you know, if you have a plantation, you plant it. Up until trees become sort of 50 years, or a plantation is 50 years old, 
you know, it's actually just fuel because, you know, mm. there's too much light that comes on the forest floor. It dries out the forest floor in the drought. Mm. The canopy is not covered. It's not one continuous um, cover. Uh. So the moisture doesn't stay in the ground anymore. Uh. And that's why it dries up a lot more. And that's why these fires were so devastating because uh. of all the previous logging uh, I see. in there. Yeah. Like Lismore, you know, used to have a big, sh something that's called the big shrub. It's all gone. Everything mm. is just gone. And... For me, the best proof of this th this um, is also um, when you look at the Great Koala National Park region, there's one area, it's called the Kelang Headwaters. Mm. And that's deep, deep, deep in the forest. So you, to get there, you go from Ballingen, um, you drive another hour and a half, you know, and that's called the Headwaters because this is where the Nambaka River, the Kelang River and the Ballinger River mm. originate. Mm. And that forest has not been logged in 70 years. Wow. And the fires didn't get in there. There's they were the all around it. Yeah. But everywhere where they had been logging mm. and the forest was younger, just gone. Uh. Because, you know, it doesn't retain the moisture. Mm. Even in droughts, what we had. Yeah. You know, the moisture doesn't stay mm. if if it's a young forest because too much sun comes in and you do have a lot of, you know, weed growth and, yes. you know, other shrubs and things. Mm. But when you have a canopy and it's, you know, like protects a... It. Yes, ah. it protects the ground from drying out and wow. it also protects from weed growth. Mm. So... It wow. all comes around. So these forests are now being hammered, unfortunately, mm. um, despite, you know, the presence of koalas and they have been mapped, you know, hot, um, hot areas, sort of what they call hot areas for koalas because there's a lot of movement and they still log them. So, mm. um, and if koalas are gone, you know, the greater glider is gone and all the animals and birds and, you know, everything. The that's whole sort ecosystems. Of, yeah, whole ecosystems yeah. are just gone. Mm. Mm. Man, that's uh, that's very interesting though. I didn't know that about the ancient forests, like the difference with the young forests. How, but it makes sense to me. I mean, that makes it? a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't take a rocket science to no. kind of figure that out. No, mm. it makes a lot of sense to me too. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't make sense to. <clears throat> yeah. Or it doesn't make money for. No, yeah. no. So it was really hard going back to this um, debate um, at the legislative assembly a couple of weeks ago when mm. the nationals then sort of said, oh, we talk for the regions and, you know, we want these jobs and, you know, logging and everything is great. And then there were people in the audience and I tell you now, they were weeping, mm. you know, when you're in the gallery, obviously you can't speak mm. to them or you can't make your voice heard. And that was, you know, but, you know, particularly when they claimed that they were speaking for the regions and the people in the gallery, mm. you know, uh, it is just so hard to, mm. to take that on, to feel like these people are representing us. And mm. I think, you know, I think also it's a lot of pub talk that's happening in yeah. those chambers. Mm. You know, I don't think, you know, Greta Thunberg always talks about, you know, listen to the signs. And I think a great proportion of our elected representatives, they just don't listen to the signs. Mm. They want to, don't want to know. Mm. Um, so they're in the pockets of forestry and ex you know, all these extractive industries mm. that we have. Um, and it's very hard for the general public to actually be heard unless it's election time. Yeah. So now it's for us an opportunity to, um, you know, make us heard. Raise and the change, awareness. Raise yes. the awareness. And, mm. you know, I, I hope we can have a change of government. And I also hope, um, like, our strategy is as well to support anyone um, who will... Um, commit to ending native forest logging mm. and to, you know, things like the Great Koala National Park.
Um, and whether that would be a liberal who is speaking like that or a national, it doesn't really matter. Mm. But um, I'm talking to quite a few teal independents that are coming up. Mm. So, for example, Vaucluse has somebody already running. Her name mm. is Karen Fryer, and I had a meeting with her. Mm. And she said, yes, she's on board. She also doesn't want to have the Warragamba Dam wall in, increased. So uh, she's also against that. Yeah. And that, you know, indigenous artifacts are on yes. those sites. So that would be obviously against that too. Mm. Uh, we would lose world heritage status just so that the developers can get free rain down on the other side in the floodplain. Uh, and then they can build more buildings. And that's why the government now wants to have... Instead of, you know, trying to get these people out of the floodplains mm. and move them to safer areas or not build on floodplains to start off with, mm. rising the Warragamba um, dam wall, you know, they argue, and you know, they can just build more. But to be honest, it will not be enough because mm. we're going to have so much more rain. Yeah. Anyway. It's coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Very short-term thinking from Parate. Um, obviously, again, didn't listen to the science. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I'm talking to anybody in the political arena, um, Labour, you know, Teals, um, hope, you know, if there's anybody in the Liberal or National um, team that want to talk about this, yeah, I will support them if mm. that's what they can commit to. Unlikely because they haven't. They have been in government for very long yeah. <laughs> and they made matters worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I would urge everybody to sort of make that one of their points that they look at when they go and vote. You know, what are they doing to our forests? Because mm. in these 10 years that we had this government, um, land clearing has increased 13 fold. Um, so 13 times more. That's land clearing. It's not logging. It's land clearing. But yeah. where private owners could just clear the land. But it also what? involves forests. Oh. And also logging has. So it's we, we, we accelerate it. It's an extinction crisis. Mm. That's so sad. It is sad. Yeah. Very jiggly. And, you know, I don't know whether you remember. Maybe you don't because it's quite a... But there was this case of this land, um, the sheriff, like a, I think it was called a sheriff. Mm. Um, he went to um, a farmer's, a landowner's property because he illegally cleared some land. Mm. So before the government, this government came in, they had to get an, um, a clearance for actually clearing their own land because, you know, they wanted to protect certain shrubs. Yeah. And, and um, areas from being cleared. Um, and this landowner was so aggressive, he actually shot this guy dead. Yeah, that's right. He, he shot him because he's like, oh, you know, I can do on my land what I want and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he couldn't. The law was against him. So mm. this is why the sheriff came to say, listen, you did, you know, he just wanted to. Anyway, he was shot dead. And um, only a few months, like six months or eight months later, Barry Jiklian was, oh, I wasn't Barry Jiklian, the Liberal government was mm. elected in and they changed the rules so it became legal to do what this guy did, you know, not shooting, but clearing the land. Mm. And I think, you know, like that family of this sheriff, like that's what a, you know, what a letdown yeah. at least, you know, to... So, yeah, insane. I just mm. found it like, wow, you know, mm. there's somebody standing up for nature and doing what's right. And, he, you know, he gets shot. And then months later, you know, it's not illegal anymore to do that. Mm. It's just, yeah, in vain. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a lot. It's, but yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's even a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Well, it's just this thing that, like, humans have. We're well, not all human beings, but, like, 
it's just this struggle with na- this like combativeness to nature this resistance that's just like been around for a while and it's just like i don't know i don't know what it is and i'm trying to like kind of find a route to it but it's just i think it does all start i know it goes back to the beginning that we were talking about um the indigenous people of the land but i think it all starts from there as well you know mm. what i'm saying so it's really deep rooted but what can people do like you were saying like be conscious of when you're voting you know if they're talking about foresting and all that um is there anything else people can do Oh yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things people can do. Mm. Um, join a group. I think yeah. it's always good because you know I think you want to be part of a mob <laughs> mm. rather than standing there on your own. Alone, yeah, yeah. Power in numbers. Yes. Yeah. And also, if you do join a group, um, the people you meet are amazing. This is what I actually love the most. Mm. Like before, I was working um, for the Bob Brown Foundation. I was volunteering a lot mm. as well, and you know. When you meet people, like, say, out just outside, normal, you know, you all first have to suss out what are they about, yeah. you know? Like, do you have the same values? Yeah, like, do you yeah. have the same values, mm. you know? And then you might like somebody, it turns out, oh, my God, yeah. they have shocking values yeah, yeah. or in some areas. <laughs> that we don't like, align, yes. Mm, okay, you know, mm. but um, I find in this sort of movement, my God, people are so passionate Beautiful. and lovely people. Yeah. And, you know, there's... They just, you know, they, they you can really rely on them as well, mm. you know. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, see you sometime. They say, okay, see you next week Thursday. And then yeah. you do see them next week Thursday. I see what you mean. That's a know? community, yeah. It is community. Mm. And then, you know, you spark ideas. So I also work a lot with artists. Um, um, I'm part of a group also called Dirt Witches. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the yeah, Dirt Witches. the Dirt Witches are fantastic. Yeah, group. sound like some earthy witches right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Mm. Yeah, so, um, and they're very supportive, obviously, of my work, but I'm also very supportive of their work. Okay. And that's a bunch of artists mm. um, and activists. Um, so, you know, we have quite um, well-known artists among them, like Janet Lawrence. I know, you know? Janet Lawrence, yes. yeah. She opened my mum's art show once. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, beautiful. Yeah, she is such She's a amazing. beautiful person. Yeah. So mm. Jennifer Turpin, um, she does she does fantastic work also with seaweed. Wow, uh, she's a wonderful, like beautiful. So I met all these lovely women as yeah. well, uh, and um, Lara Merritt, who's to whose gallery op- or show opening I just went last week. Beautiful mm. dye, and she also. Um, she did a campaign to keep the Surrey Hills Library open. Uh, now, she's a really good campaigner, actually. Yeah. And for Manana Metas, I don't know whether you've heard of that. No. That's a block of land down yeah. on the south coast that okay. the developer wanted to build on right after the fire. And it was the last block that was not burned. Wow. So they saved that up until today. Wow. Um, you know, and just a whole bunch of other, you know, more artists. So mm. we together did, um, for example... Um, before COVID, we there was a massive school strike for climate mm. rally, and we decorated a barge in yellow because yeah. it was all about gas, and, you know, gas lighting. Mm. So we decorated it all in yellow color, and we invited a couple few um, school strikers on board, and mm. they were sort of dancing and talking, and had a drone, and we just sort of on the harbor, yeah. you know, with big flags down gas light. Wow, and, yeah. art really creates change. Oh, like it yeah. really can just transcend all like filters if you know what i mean oh and it's so i good, see i see what you're doing there yeah, yeah that's it's a amazing. really good way to communicate yeah, as well exactly. through art yes mm. i love that i saw this is gonna be a little segue into the hours but i saw on your page 
there was like you guys might doing an owl protest and there was an actual oh no it wasn't owl it was a koala i think but it was like a proper like a puppet and this guy was driving and he's moving it around i don't know what that yeah, was, was blinky was blinky <laughs> yeah but it was so like confronting as well uh, but at the same time just like the artistry behind it i'm like wow that is yeah Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, that one was actually borrowed um, oh, okay. from um, Melbourne, Extinction Rebellion. So yeah. I do a lot of work with Extinction Rebellion okay. because they are also very innovative and theatrical and, you know, like just out there, the beautiful costumes mm. they have. And, you know, um, so this one, yeah, so we did that together with Extinction Rebellion. It was brought up from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's this massive structure of the dying koala, yeah. you know, you've got the rib cage open and yeah. it's just roaring. Mm. Um, and we had that in Martin place with a few speakers, um, and the red rebels, you know, they are, do you know, the red rebels from no. Extinction Rebellion, they all wear red, obviously very quiet and they represent the blood of the earth, you know, mm. and you know, they ne don't speak, but we had drums, Brazilian drums. Yeah. They are, and it was a big show with this, you know, like this structure is about three meters looked, tall when it goes. Massive, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? Wow. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> so, um, but interesting in Sydney, you know, honestly, it didn't attract that much interest, I have to say. Mm. Uh, it was a lot of work to get this thing up, mm. um, get the speakers together, really good speakers. And, um, uh, yeah. It wasn't much of an impact you're saying in Sydney. No. Why do you think that is? Mm. That's the big question. Mm. You know, somebody said to me, um, you know, like in Melbourne, it got a lot of attraction, mm. that, that thing. I've always felt like Melbourne has more artists and like more like creative people. So yeah. maybe that could be part of it. I think that is definitely part of it. Because I felt that difference when I go to Melbourne and I'm obviously here from Sydney, but it's like Melbourne's like... I don't know. I feel like it's just there's more creatives. There's more of a like welcoming culture. And there's more of a culture there. And then in Sydney, it's more like a rat race it of is. just like corporate and, you know, get to where you got to get to and me, 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 me. Yeah. And money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. Exactly. Money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. So somebody said to me who lived in both cities, mm. um, she said, oh, in Melbourne, everybody has part time jobs. So they yeah. have time to go to. Ah, <laughs> you know? yes. And I thought, oh, that's on top. So they can afford to have a part time yeah. job. Mm. Whereas we literally just like, oh, my goodness. Trying to stay afloat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So it just, you know, it, it distracts you from looking at the big picture mm. so um you know and i think you know i i'm german um mm. so i grew up in in a culture also that is probably more open to protest mm. uh you know i was very young when i went on my first and yeah. you're always quite large and um when i was a student you know like i look at universities here and i look you know they are there used to be so many stalls and everything so you became quite engaged mm. you know so like i think life he is very inward looking you know and the state takes away a lot of your responsibility unfortunately mm. as well because of those liability laws yeah. that we have here everything mm. has to be super safe mm, I feel <laughs> takes the fun out, out of, of it, it. yeah know? yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah um, and, and takes the freedom out of it as well yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so i think we ending up in some sort of dead end here <laughs> yeah yeah with with that and it's become a lot worse so i've been here a very long time already mm. and i've seen it change 
yeah a lot you uh, know so i think when i came first i thought oh my god australia is so free mm. but um you know it's been 25 years in that time you know like now i'm thinking oh germany is so free <laughs> <laughs> wow the contrast yeah mm. What was your first protest, by the way? You were saying your first protest in Germany. Yes. What, uh, what was it? Our childcare centers. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just <laughs> curious to, to see where it yeah, started. Yeah, 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 yeah. They wanted to have more pay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that was, and then, um, then there was a gap, I suppose. But when I became, I was a student in a, you know, my father said, oh, that town, you shouldn't have studied there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a very left-leaning. Yeah. Um, um place and you know like yeah it was good i mm. i liked it and certainly mm. very formative as yeah. well of your views and you know um and since then i've always had um even before i always loved nature yeah so and you know looking after it and you know coming here and seeing how it's being exploited mm. the hunter valley in these years has changed mm. you know become a swiss cheese and people living there everybody's suffering from asthma you know, like there's so many things that could be changed quickly. The emission standard in cars here is the lowest in the developed world. Mm. You know, we breathe, breathe in these P2, not P2.5 particles in that, you know, they don't do that overseas anymore because yeah. they've got clean, cleaner fuel. Oh, wow. But this is something the government could have just so easily changed yeah. and they just don't care about mm. us. And I don't understand. That's why we get really... The lowest quality cars as well. We can't yeah. even get the best standard cars anymore. Mm. You know, because this, you know, for some strange reason, and I have a friend, she's, you know, a big part of the Doctors for the Environment. And she, you know, a few years ago, actually, she was on this campaign trying to lobby the government to adopt better standards for cars emissions. Yeah. And no. No. <laughs> wow. And why? I honestly, mm. not even. I don't understand it, why, mm. you know, and she doesn't either because health is everything, you know, how many, is everything, yeah. yes, and, you know, how many people have asthma and suffer, you know, um, from respiratory diseases, mm. and if you live, you know, out west, like, we're quite lucky here, east side, yeah. you know, it's usually a bit better, the, the air, water, yeah. mm. but out west, you know, you, if the wind's blowing from the north, you get all the, all the crap from the hunter valley blowing down and wow. then it just sits there because it's blocked by the blue mountains and uh, you know and then you've got the cars because everybody's got at least two cars yeah. i'd say because you have two, to drive three. everywhere yeah, yeah there's no public transport out there either mm. living in the floodplains living in bad weather mm. you know um bad air it's yeah it's a bit of a setup it is a setup yeah. and it's you know it's those people you know they live there because they can't afford living sort of you know and they are the ones that are being treated the worst, mm. really. And mm. they should be, you know, living further in, not having to travel that far. So they rely on cars, cars that, you know, have very low emission standards, you know, generating even worse air than they have anyway. You know, like, yeah. it's just so unfair. I know exactly what you're mm. saying. And then they're taking down all these forests, which is cleaning out air. So it's just... A cycle, yeah, 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 and now with with all this development happening mm. there as well, so that takes us to actually another yes. koala story: the yeah. Campbelltown koalas. The for Campbelltown example. koalas. Mm. Okay, I actually know those koalas in Campbelltown. Oh yes, yeah, we okay. did a um, walk around there only a month ago. We mm. had a big camp out actually in Campbelltown. Oh wow, <laughs> we'll just yeah. talk about camping. Camp yeah. Town. Wow, yeah, yeah, amazing. Not a blockade, um, but yeah. it was a camp out. 
and we went and found a koala. I can even show you a photo, a wow. bad photo, but anyway, we found a koala in Campbelltown. Um, and the Campbelltown koala colony is quite significant. Mm. It escaped the fires, you know, there's wow. no, no, you know, there was nothing when 2019. So they, and also it's quite a diverse genetically um, group uh -huh. um, because they travel between the Georges River and the Nepean River and the, you know, the, the area in the Blue Mountains yeah. and then also Heathcote. So uh, it's gen genetically diverse, and that's a you know that's the basis for a healthy koala population. A lot are sort of being cut off because the corridors get cut and they uh, don't mix, oh. and then they you know the, the genetic pool is not as healthy. Uh, mm. That's what happens now in in the Great Koala National Park area yeah. where they log like hell. They mm. cut all the corridors as well. <laughs> oh. So um, this one here, though, um, growing and healthy, one of mm. the largest still, like in Campbelltown, um, and they are on the western side of the Georges River. There's a lot of movement. Like there's maps and stuff you can look up and you can see where they. So we went into an area that's called Smiths Creek. Mm. We had about 50 people that came along from all over Sydney, yeah. some from the east, some from the west. Um, and we walked around for like an hour and a half um, and there was a koala in the tree. Wow. You know? And it's Perfect. only 50 kilometers from here. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But you have to really spot koala. It's very mm. hard, you know, like even if somebody one, yeah. says, oh, in that tree there's a yeah. koala, it's very hard to, to actually even see, see it. them. Wow. Mm. But um, that was really great. But this particular area, it's like a finger shape. It's only mm. about 400 meter wide, but about, I'd say, two and a half kilometers long. Mm. And in this area, it's um, there's a few koalas in that Smith's Creek um, region or this reserve, actually, mm. it's called. But they've been cut off, you know, like there's a development right at that end yeah. that links that to that George's River. Oh, so they can't And that's get been there. built out. Now they can't get uh, out. So you look at that koala up in the tree and you think, oh, great. But then also, oh. He's stuck. He's stuck. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. He can't get out mm. because it's surrounded. Like the, it's literally like this finger of yeah. green and there's, you know, this is all development and buildings. Just around. And there used to be this sort of corridor leading to the wider area. Uh, and that's it. That's all new development, Damn. black roofs and everything. That's one area that's really shocking. That's the arts development. Mm. And the other one that's um, really bad as well is the big land lease development. Mm. So they're building in the first stage 1,700 houses. Um, wow. Yeah. And that's right in a koala corridor area as well so they've already taken the trees down mm. it's there's been a campaign that's been going also on for 10 years i'd say to wow. stop this yeah i know a long yeah. time and you know there have been a lot of plans and koala management and there was a chief scientist who made a recommendation and they said okay if you do want to build you have to have corridors mm. you know <laughs> they didn't follow they didn't listen and underpasses under the main road yeah. it's Eppin road they should, you know, like, it's clear you have to provide all of this stuff before they even start building because mm. where do these koalas go yeah. when construction is even happening? But exactly. there's nothing that's happened. And um, the day they started building, you know, there's quite a, you know, we we had a protest there just on Eppin Road. Um, there must have been about 40 of us coming, like the Knitting Nanas part yeah. of it. And there were two koala deaths. Actually, no, one koala death and one that got 
another one that survived on a tree just where, you know, not far from where we were protesting. Yeah. And on the day they started constructing two koalas. So I filmed that one that was rescued. He mm. later died. Oh. Um, but, you know, it, they, they needed, you know, they really needed to fence off the road, build underpasses or overpasses mm. for these koalas to be able and other wildlife to mm. cross securely and then create the wildlife corridor or keep you know, mm. keep the wildlife corridor for these animals to go on, you know, go on to the Nepean River. Wow. What they've done for ages. That's, yeah. Koalas have, you know, they smell really well. They mm. always follow. They have their home tree. They mm. always come back to that. But they do venture out and, mm. you know, need these safe crossings. But now the trees are gone. So, you know, um, and Lendley is just bulldozing the whole lot. Yeah. Um, and there's a stage two coming that's even worse. And, you know, we're talking about a development that's, you know, several kilometers long. And when you look at the, when you, the, you know, the chief scientist said, we have to have corridors that are minimum of 420 meters wide. Mm. Honestly, what they've planned in is like 120 meters. And then they say, okay, you know, people will tell them they have to plant a eucalypt tree in their garden. It's like, (laughs) yes, and how about your dog? Yeah. You know? (laughs) Eat the Yeah, Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's... It, yeah, mm. they're ruthless. And also Lentleys, yeah. you know, when you look at their website, mm. they say they are um, like also like a sustainable or environmental friendly or, you know, <laughs> they've got this greenwash tag that's totally, yeah, you know, BS. bumped off yeah. by this development. Really. Wow. Um, I spoke to somebody, his name is Mark Graham, and he's an architect designer. And he made a proposal mm. for a koala-friendly development mm. that could have been implemented there. Yeah, so it's possible it to is possible. create buildings and have koala yeah, coexist. Yeah, that's right. And his proposal, just give you a brief description, is mm. um, to build the you know high-rise, yeah. high buildings, and you make them nice and green, like the maybe you know, similar to the Central Park building yeah, yeah. here near Broadway. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. Mm. You know, instead of having, you know, each family, their black roof and the, you know, building to the border, you know, to your fence line. Um, So you stack them in and then you have, you create around this sort of area. You you, you create a vertical village, kind of, that's his idea. And you have fruit trees around and, you know, paths and stuff. And then there's still more than enough for 450 meter wide corridor yeah. for koalas that would be fenced off so that people who have dogs, you know, yeah. that they don't attack these, mm. you know. And to be honest, you know, that living, having a vertical village, you mm. know, you're much more connected to your neighbors. And True. we all know I lived in, you know, apartment buildings. Mm. Um, and actually, it's really nice. Mm. You know, you, you know who your neighbor is. And, yeah. you, you know, there's communal areas down there. You have your free, fruit garden and your mm. vegetable garden. And you, you know, of your course. community sort of garden. you can watch garden. the koalas cross and stuff. Yes, be, possibly what, from the distance, yeah. you know. And it's fenced off so dogs can't get to them. And, you know, I mean, you can go in and enjoy a walk in that area too. You know, you can create these sort of gates that... And it's, you know, it would be a win-win. And also mm. you have the natural cooling effect ah. as well because the forest brings all the cooling effect. True. So if you take it all down, there's no cooling anymore and you've got black roofs and concrete door, um, yeah. roads. Yes. I, I mean, how saying. hot is that going to yeah. get? <laughs> Facts. So you build up, you have a green wall in your, you know. Makes and it, a lot of sense to me. Mm. Yeah. And this would be a desirable suburb. Mm. Like who would not want to live amongst the koalas? Sounds nice. You yeah, know, yeah, koala exactly. town. Sounds like an Australian dream. Yeah. Yes. Koala town. I like yeah. that. Wow. And they just 
put that to the side when they saw that. Yeah. Mm. No conscious. Yeah. Mm, no conscience. Ah. Yeah, it's really, you know, and this is what happens all the time. You drive up and down the coast and you see everywhere where mm. we had beautiful forest um, coastlines. Um, you know, it's all been logged and that's part of the demise of the koalas. So mm. they're now endangered. You know, they moved from being not listed to vulnerable and endangered in 10 years. <sighs> So they will be gone by 2050, the earliest, no unless way. we actually, you know, change yeah. the way we do things. Mm. So um, I'm shocked myself. Like I haven't gone down the South Coast for a long time. Mm. And I went to Jarvis Bay, you know. Mm. It, it There's the big, you know, we've got the freeway now. You can literally go down half the time. Yeah. And all along you see development, mm. you know, and bush being logged. And this is where koalas mm. used to be. So we're competing. It's getting hotter inland as yeah. well. They used to also live in the Piliga forest. It's uh. become too hot. Near Ganada used to be a koala hotspot. But it's getting too hot and there's also mining around there, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. So they're, we're competing with their habitat mm. now because they're moving to the coast. Mm. And we, you know, we're taking all the forest trees mm. everything down i visited port macquarie um you know there's a group fighting development there mm. and um they showed me a forest and you know bushland beautiful and then zip all gone all yeah. the stuff was still lying around and that was going to be cleared and a bit further down they created a shopping center and they said there was a koala even going into the shopping center because that's obviously where the home tree used to be oh. and just sitting in there looking you know where where oh. I know. Sad. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is tough. Yeah. Mm. So mm. we have to change. Yeah, we have to change. I feel like people need to become a little more sensitive too. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I feel like yeah that that compassion and sensitivity isn't there anymore in a lot of leaders as well. People that are making these decisions. Mm. Yes, that's mm. right. And I think you know a lot of these homes. You know, some have now moved up after COVID, um, but a lot are holiday homes and they are uh, holiday mansions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with hiring a place when you want to go on a holiday? Why do you need to own it? They're often empty for, yeah. you know, long time. So no one's actually using them. No. Yeah, I see no. what you're saying. So mm. they have a house here, they have a house there and maybe another one and, you know, mm. negative gearing and all of that junk. Yeah. It's all leading, you know, and it's like, oh, it's not me. That was was already there, but yeah. you know, we all add to it. And Facts. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's mm. a complete. It's be because we can. You know, yes. it's quite decadent. Because we can. I see mm. what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. That greed. It's just mm. like constant. It never ends. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, nature is, can't keep up with that. Mm. We live way beyond. I think by June, July every year we have um, consumed as much as we would be allowed for the whole year, you know. Uh, and then we sort of borrow from next generations. I know whether you follow that I sort see what of you mean. saying. We're taking away from yeah too much. Yes, because mm. it can't regenerate. So mm. we're just eating into our reserves as we are eating into our. You know, carbon budget. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. It's, wow. Yeah, we just live over our means. Mm, we, we don't do. have to. No, we don't have it's to. It's become, yeah, I see what you're saying. No, mm. we don't have to. We can still have a beautiful, I actually think personally, I'm a, maybe, maybe a bit of a socialist myself, but yeah. I think, you know, just taking um, cues sort of from the communities I meet, um, 
like if we started to share more, mm. you know, like we have much more community engagement. And mm. when I talk to you about this, you know, construction that Lendlease could have done yeah. down in Campbelltown. And, you know, I mean, we all are seeking each other, you know, we mm. want to have nice connections, yes. you know, and wouldn't that be nicer rather than everybody has their own house, yeah. their own little castle with a, you know, remote sort of button, and then yeah. you speak, you know, through, through the, the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This whole separation yes. thing. I know what you're saying. Rather than, you know, yeah, hi, or can I borrow your power tool, or yeah. this, that, and the other, or, you know, we're just sitting over there. Do you want to come and have a cup of tea? Mm. Or, you know, um, that's all gone because people can buy everything themselves. They don't yeah. need to rely on anybody else. Mm. And if you go into areas where people are less wealthy, you know, there's, I think, often you know more more of that sort of community yeah sense. that's sharing mm. yes and you value each other more as well yeah yeah mm. i like that though that's a beautiful did you say that's a socialist thing what were you saying before yes yeah, yeah okay. it's more of a you know yeah no, that's a, i like that that's a nice dream yeah. right there yeah i mean mm. you know like whether you know you have like a hedge saw and i have a whipper snipper or whatever yeah, yeah. you know you can of course yes. yeah trading yeah. sharing mm. that's what it's about that's why we here on earth to be honest but exactly. I love what you're doing and mm. that's I hope people really connect to this and, and take heed to what you're saying and um yeah, support this. I wanna talk about the Bob Brown Foundation though and the owls. I wanna get to there as well before time. <laughs> yeah. Cause speak speak out the shirt first. Beautiful shirt by the way. We love it right yeah. now. It's very powerful. So I saw you guys on Cleveland Street, um, with the owl masks, the drums, the saxophone big yellow sign and it was, just a, it was a different energy and i was like what is happening here so please tell us about it tell us about the owls the masked owls and what's happening in tasmania yeah mm. so the bob brown foundation yes um we is is based in tasmania yeah. and why we are there every tuesday from 12 to 1 mm. so anybody is really welcome to join us um outside tanya plivasek's office mm. and um the Tarkine is um, the, a, a cool, um, cool temperate rainforest area, mm. and it's ancient. It has huge myrtle trees. You know, they're giants. Mm. They're eucalypt trees. It's got, you know, it's a f nearly five hundred thousand hectare large wow. area, and it's hugely diverse. It doesn't just have forest but it has, has button grass plains and a coastline. So it sits on the northwest of Tasmania. Mm. And it's stunning. You know, you go there and you spend time and you feel like you're in a dreamland wow. because it's covered with moss in a lot of areas. Mm. The roots are exposed and moss is growing mm. like hands. And you can literally see, you know, how the trees are connected under wow. under the earth. And they are through the legion. So of they course. they communicate with each other. I've and heard this, yeah. Yes. Mm. And, you know, they, they sort of give up that perfume and you know like i think it's one of the most magical places i've mm. i've ever been to and keep going there yeah um and um only a small part of this incredible forest is um, protected um it has it's a shame i in 2000 and um i think it was 2013 there was a real hope that it might become all um, listed as protected in national park. Mm. We are campaigning for it to be 
World Heritage listed mm. and return to Indigenous people. Yeah. Cover. So that's that's what we are campaigning for. Mm. But unfortunately, ninety percent of this forest is not protected. Ninety. Ninety. So um, it it it's um, threatened by logging, mm. by sustainable timber Tasmania. Mm. <laughs> funny name for something that's so unsustainable I know. Um, and also mining largely mining okay. so our foundation we've been fighting again you know to protect this forest for 10 years and before there were other groups that have been um, you know standing in this forest um, and this mast owl is now important because um, there's a Chinese mining operation in Rosebury that's mm. sort of on the um, eastern corner outside Takaina, Takain, mm. and they're mined for metals like okay. copper yeah. um, and lead. Um, and they want to build a tailing stem. Mm. What's a tailing stem? Sorry. A, a tailing stem is like a big, massive pool, if you might want to mm. say. And um, they want to just keep in there their toxic wastewater because the metals needs, need to be washed. Mm. And, you know, from the mine shaft and everything, there's, so there's a lot of really toxic sludge coming yeah. out of all of this and mm. they already have one um and that will run out the capacity for this tailing stem will run out in about seven years mm. so they're looking for a new one so oh that they can God. keep going yeah and um the one that they have at the moment also has already leaked you know a few times mm. so that's what that happens i don't know whether you even heard in brazil there was this big tailing stem that mm. broke and that whole wall of sludge and there yeah. were so many people that got killed oh. but that's the sort of thing you know that they are doing and they want to pump in a big pipeline across the Pyman River mm. and then um, build this tailings dam a massive like 10 times the size of the existing one inside um, ancient rainforest and that forest would be submerged under 50 meters of toxic sludge oh my god I know it's disgusting yeah so what happened is, um, I mean, we're saying, you know, mining should, you know, can still go ahead. We've got nothing against the mining, mm. but the company should um, commit to um, drying the, 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 the toxic sludge, drying mm. it out, powd powdering it up. That's ah, what okay. they do is best practice. And yeah. then you re-inject it in the mining shafts. It's paste uh. filling it, actually. This is, it turns into a paste and then you just inject it back into the mine shafts. Mm. You know, it's sort of out of sight. Okay. It, but it, it is costly. Yeah. More costly than building a tailing stem. Mm. Costly is in money costly. Money yeah. costly. Yeah. 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 That You're totally right, mm. actually. Mm. So this is a biodiversity crisis. It will be a lot more costly to build a tailing stem for us as people. Mm. Um, so the, um, the previous um, environment minister, Susan Lee, she... Um, uh, sent the approval or um, an assessment of, of this tailing stem to the EPBC to be mm. assessed under the EPBC Act, that's Environmental Protection okay. um, and Biodiversity Act. Um, and um, MMG started already um, building roads there. 14 kilometer of in routing into the you know that means a lot of logging of these yeah. for, you know trees there and they wanted to do test drilling and you know but we found out that that's actually illegal because that hasn't been allowed. Um, uh. Took them to court. And then also Susan Lee, um, just four days before the election, she withdrew that. But we still went to the court mm. and the court also found it's been illegal. Wow. And now this decision, um, whether MMG can actually build the routings and all of mm. that stuff, the initial clearing is with the 
um, with the environment minister now. So wow. when when we won the court case, the judge said, well, we'll you know the decision by Susan Lee is invalid because what actually happened, we found that the masked owl yeah. is living right in that area. Mm. Um, we you know we. Originally, we just heard only one, but we actually found out, found that there's a breeding pair. Wow. And they're also endangered. Mm. So they can't just bulldoze yeah. in there. And then, you know, so they, MMG said, oh, we'll be looking out for the masked owl. But, you know, there's a lot of sort of potential habitat trees and, mm. and where their route was going was near there. So they mm. would be disturbed and you can't. Yeah. So then it, now it's... spot an owl as well like that? Like just two out of... Yeah, yeah. beautiful beautiful mm. owl really mm. like yeah. stunning we've got this really big poster hanging in the office yeah. you know and these eyes you know it's just you know like that beautiful yeah yeah so it's now with Tanya Plibersek mm. and that's why we are there so okay. what we do every week and for one week every, every day like in the beginning mm. we present her either with images photos from that particular area where mm. the tailing stem is going to go um just to sort of show how beautiful it is an artwork mm. by artists because the Bob Brown Foundation runs art camps wow. every Easter okay. it's called Art for Takaina mm. anybody interested in listening and is an artist yeah. and want to be immersed in um, Takaina Takain, come and join. It's free. Yeah. You know, you get fed. You just bring your art gear, whatever it is, painting, sculpture, music. Wow. It doesn't really matter what it is. Mm. And you just spend four days in the Takain and just, you know, get inspired by wow. this incredible incredible forest I've got to do that. yes We've got to do you, that. you yeah. have to come yeah for please sure. do come it's yes. so much fun mm. and it's so special to be That's with all amazing. sorts of artists so yeah. we have a bit of artwork from all these years that we've been doing it um and i've been giving tanya quite a you know a fair bit of that mm. mixed with beautiful photographs by our photographer yeah and other photographers that we bundle up and every time you know there's a message for her and we've asked for meetings um and so has bob mm. invited her to actually see for herself but to this day she has not come back at really? all which is quite disappointing to mm. us um she's spoken with mmg yeah but she hasn't spoken with us so wow. it's a bit funny because she's an environment minister we feel she should be talking to environmental groups yeah and not to, um, you know, the corporate world. Mm. It's like as if the finance minister was only talking to environmentalists. Mm. But that's never happening, you know. <laughs> but it's the other way around. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So there's no point of contact with Tanya? No. No. Okay. No. Mm. I have seen her, though, once when I was at a book launch. Mm. And a friend of mine and I, we dressed up as the owls. <laughs> we Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have these beautiful masks, yeah, you know, them, yeah. and then the coats, and we're mm. just sitting in the audience. We got we our front row seats. <laughs> <laughs> she can't miss that, yeah. No, she didn't miss it. And yeah. we're just two seats from actually a woman, um, yeah. Natalie Isaac from One Million Women. Okay. Um, she she's just two seats from us, so definitely she saw us, and I also had. When she walked off stage, I kind of like, like, yeah. <laughs> and, but she only just said, oh, yeah, thank you. you so know. she's definitely aware. Yeah, she's aware. And she hears us every week outside yeah. with a mm. big yellow banner. Can't not hear you guys. And yeah. we bring in stuff into her office, mm. you know, the mm. police usually escorts us in. Like, yeah, <laughs> so I saw the federal issue. police there and everything. I was like, whoa. 
Yeah. Mm. But it was very peaceful. I didn't see any... No. Yeah. It's always peaceful. Mm. So whatever we do, you mm. know, it's non-violent. Yeah. We, we are, um, you know, absolute... Yeah, that's the highest priority. Mm. Non-violent. Yeah. You know, n- no ugly words, nothing. Mm. It has to be... You know, resistance, mm. but peaceful resistance. Yes. Mm. Peaceful, beautifully yeah. said. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, mm. but we live in hope, you know. So, hope, you know, maybe one day she'll just be saying, okay, mm. <laughs> it's time to yeah. talk. Whether she talks to us or whether she reaches out to the foundation, talks to Bob or Jenny or any of the other yeah. people there who are doing so much work to mm. protect Takain Atakain, mm. you know, it doesn't matter as long as it gets protected. And so yeah. many people are on our side, mm. you know, when you're on the right side of history, mm. um, yes. you know, you know that. So let's see, let's see. I mean, she's made some funny decisions already. Yeah. Um, but she's also released, you know, good, re- you know, a good report, a threatened species report um, mm. or action plan, actually. And she was also, you know, quite thrown by the state of the environment report that mm. comes out every 10 years only and how yeah. dire it all is. Mm. But since then, like, she's allowed for the Barop fertilizer plant to be built in WA. Okay. In indigenous, you know, it's a lot of indigenous artifacts. And she's just saying, oh, we can just move them. And, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> the disrespect. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um,. Yeah, so that's the Tarkain on that. And um, to also, um, you know, just give a little bit more in um, insight into what it was involved to protect that from the routings mm. in, you know, for the tailings dam that MMG wanted to do. So there was direct action in the forest over about nine months. Mm. Um, and that meant to set up camp, um, you know, have tents suspended in trees and stuff so wow. that the... Um, the equipment couldn't get through, the trucks couldn't get through to lock. I mean, it turned out later to be illegal. Yeah. And about 88 people got arrested Whoa. in the course of those months. Whoa. And because the whole action from MNG was illegal, mm. actually arresting them yeah. was also illegal, oh, you know? Wow. Like, yeah. So nobody got convicted. Mm. Um, I mean, they all, you know, were transported off and had their court days and stuff. Yeah. But in hindsight, actually, because the original action from MNG was, was the illegal. one that was yeah. illegal. <laughs> so everything after that was, yeah, I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But um, a lot of people came to the blockade and mm. it's something for everybody so you don't need to climb a tree if you mm. don't want to you can mm. just be on the ground and um you know an, an old, older lady in her 80s went wow. there and wow. um, she came back and she said oh my god that was the most amazing time i've spent there with these people really? you know because you get fed really nice vegan food mm-hmm. you know you have great company yeah you are in the forest, you know, with other forest defenders. Yes. and you've got the spirit of the forest You've with got you the too. spirit yeah. and just surrounded. And it's a really well-run camp, mm. you know, and it's not even when police rolls in. It's non-confrontational. Mm. You know, they say to you, you you know, I ask you to move on and then you move on. Mm. Except when you put up your hand beforehand and you mm. say, no, I, I'll be fine. I'll be resisting today mm. and then they have to you know they bring in the gear and the put you know fire brigade to to you know unlock them so to speak you know oh. these people are locked on yeah but that takes a lot of time so the strategy is around delay tactics so to get you know say the rescue team mm. they call them rescue in yeah 
you know, to this remote location takes yeah. a few hours. Ah, <laughs> so you're trying to delay the process. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. So by the time that person is cut off and mm. everything, the day's finished. Ah, okay. and clever. Then, yeah. Mm, night, they come back and yeah. the next day it looks the same. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit like Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. But also, um, the person who runs these camps, um, Scott um, Jordan, a very lovely, 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 high integrity man. Mm. Um you know, they have a really a, a good relationship. Like the police yeah. knows them, yeah. you know, so oh, they're wow. very on friendly terms, yeah, you know. Yeah. And see each other quite often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would like to see each other less. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's reassuring. So mm. anybody who goes there doesn't need to really fear like, oh my God, it's going to be this. Yeah. It's, it's very civilized, you know. I think the only threat somehow comes from the workers. Mm. You know, there have been some incidents that weren't all that fantastic. Okay. But that's all illegal, you know, mm. and they are the ones more that are sort of overstepping the line. They're I not, see. not, you know, non-violent. Mm. They, they can be a bit rough. Uh. But, you know, that doesn't happen to like the normal folks. So we had quite a few sort of famous people come in and, oh, yeah? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, just sort of major tourism operators okay. there. Um, yeah. You know, sort of music stars. Mm. You know, maybe a rapper is going to come. Uh, for sure. <laughs> like, on this yeah. podcast, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yes, wow. that's right. Mm. Um, so, they people with higher profile, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they happily lock themselves on the road or... Mm. You know, just saying, listen, this is just too important. We can't have this forest being logged yeah. for... Roading and nothing, a really. tailings yeah. dam that could mm. be pasted back into the mine shaft. Mm. That's what that's what's getting me is with this whole conversation is this alternate like ways to do things and it's proven but it's not being done. Mm. That's the whole thing. That's like really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like surely we can see that, you know? So that's that's very frustrating. I don't know how you guys yeah, I don't know how. Uh, anyways how, how do we keep going yeah. yeah I know I know it's not about naysaying you know it's not like mm. oh, don't do it you can you can still do it mm. I mean what you can't do is, of course is native forest logging you know yeah but why would you want to log forests you know you, you 85% to 90% get wood chipped you know mm. you don't get anything high value out of these native forests that mm. you'll be logging so on my t-shirt says protect native forests yeah um, and that's what originally the foundation was doing, protecting native forests from being logged. And mm. that's what I'm doing now here in, in New South Wales, yeah. protect native forests from being logged. Because um, originally when native forest was logged, um, only the byproduct was um, wood chips. Mm. But now it's become the main product. Of, oh. of it so because they said okay you know the byproduct so that we don't waste anything we'll just ship that overseas mm. and you know they did saw logs and god knows what out of it but these days 85 percent of the forests get wood chipped and turn into toilet paper or copy paper and you only get like 10 percent saw logs for houses and maybe five percent furniture oh wow yeah, and but they still call it a waste mm. product because, and this is the absurdity of this whole process. And if we, you know, we had um, just on Friday also World Biomass Day, mm. and they also want to burn native forests, literally just burn it to generate electricity. So even like you know, can it be, get any worse? So they will be logging even more. But what they are saying is also, you know, instead of looking at the volume, you know what is going into a higher value sort of thing. Like, mm. for example, if you make furniture, 
you have a carbon storage in it. But if you burn a forest or if you log it in your wood chip, you know, yeah. all that stuff, you know, it gets released much faster. So it doesn't uh -huh. store the carbon for very long. Uh -huh. But if you take 10% saw logs out, um, those saw logs have a higher do dollar value than the whole rest of wood chips. Like the 80% of wood chips in terms of financial money. So they say, the argument goes, those 10% of mm. saw logs and furniture, so 15% of the forest that we're taking down have a higher value than the whole rest. But it becomes a prim primary product mm. for some reason, where it used to be different. You know, it used to be 50% that was higher value product when mm. they first started. Oh, well, still a lot of wood chips. Yeah. So now with this World Biomass Day, it would become even worse because it's the same argument, you know. They, they would just still argue, oh, you know, these saw logs or, you know, um, rare rare timbers we can take out and, you know, might make nice furniture out and then they kill hectares and hectares and hectares of habitat mm. um, and they'll just send it straight to the power station to burn. And it has more emissions than coal. Really? Yeah. It's it's shocking. It it's, it creates you know they say but it's sustainable because once it regrows, okay. But we don't have seventy years for mm, it to wait. To, yeah, if you burn it all saying. now, mm. it takes seventy years for that one tree to regrow. Far yeah, and that's what they want, you know. So there's now a an inquiry, and they've asked. There's a fifth submission or whatever <laughs> people put in um, to say whether they want native forests to be included in the re renewable energy target. Mm. And I hope they make the right decision. Like in Europe, they haven't. Like they're burning a lot of forests and they import it mm. from the US and they're regretting it. But once an industry is operational, it's very hard to move out of it. Uh, so we haven't done that yet. Yeah, we're not operational yet. No, yeah. there's only one in WA that mm. burns forests at this stage. Mm. But there's, I think, about 12 or something that have a license. So if this would be, you know... Um, if this would be just nailed on the head now, there would be, you know, not really huge yeah. compensation that mm. you can pay them out easily or, you know, organize different. So that's a real concern mm. because that's just a monster that's mm. potentially coming. I mean, even worse than anything else. It's literally just chop down this tree. It might be a koala tree or yeah. greater glider. And even, you know, logs that are on the ground, they mm. become part of the whole cycle of life. You know, they still provide homes for, you know, True. millions of sort of, you know, t to drag everything out and then possibly burn it. Honestly, in today's age, and we all know about climate change and biodiversity crisis, mm. It is insane yes. to even contemplate. Mm. So mm. now's the time before now, it gets operated. Like, that's right. Yeah. So submissions unfortunately closed on Friday. Okay. But, um, you know, I think and I hope a lot of people put a submission in. We lobbied a lot, of, you know, people. We've, we've done a lot of action outside Tanya's office then as well on Friday and mm. Anthony Albanese and... Um, Jenny McAllister um, over on the north side. She's the um, um, deputy cl um, climate minister mm. and her, their staff are source, which was really good. Good. Yeah, and talked and, you know, that was really good. Just want to say that it was really, you know, somebody's opening the door. Yeah, that's all it takes as <laughs> yeah. well. Just one yeah. open door. Mm. That's wow. right. So let's just hope that they, you know, have the sense. But, you know, very often in our political lives here it's and like 
totally insane decisions. You mm. know, like, wow. But then, you know, that's why we need more people to be there in the forests and yes. protecting forests. On the ground. So do you feel ground. like that's the most important thing is the action? Is the, the action, yeah. yes. Like, if you look, like a lot of people are watching the Franklin, this film about the blockade of mm. the Franklin um, in the 80s, 70s and 80s. took seven years to protect this river in yeah. Tasmania from being dammed. And it took everything. It took blockade, it took a change of government, mm. and then it took a high court decision wow. to stop it. But it was stopped. And mm. that was the last wild river in Tasmania. And now it's just become this jewel. Wow. People go and see it, and it's insane. Mm. And if people don't stand up and put their bodies in the way, you mm. know, we would have lost so much. Mm. But I think the public can be grateful for everybody. Who, who takes that step for mm. direct action often or at least on the road and I th I hope that you know we have more coming up in the future as well that mm. people feel like you know I'm not just prepared to sit on the sideline and yeah. you know let this getting destroyed even people in the cities you know mm. I run a program with citizen science and I connect people from the city to people in the regions oh wow you know to support each other but also to work together and mm. it's incredibly rewarding yeah for everybody so I I hope that people you know engage yes. you know and don't be apathetic or mm. think somebody else will take my place or don't uh, think like oh I'm not as good as so and so you yeah. know this is a time for sensible people mm. and smart people to come up and say no enough is enough mm. we must now stand together and fight this destruction because wow. we have no chance if we don't mm. beautifully said yes mm. well you got me I'm joining the movement. I think you got Z too. Yes. And everyone listening. Dora, thank you for your service and what you're doing for Mother Nature and just everything raising awareness is so powerful. How can everyone, obviously the Bob Brown Foundation, what are some other channels and avenues that people can tap into in order to raise awareness and actually put it to action and become part of movements and communities like you were saying earlier? Oh, there's quite a few community organizations. Yeah. If you are more politically engaged, you know, reach out to these teal independents that are running. As mm -hmm. I said, there's somebody in Vaucluse just here now running, and I think she's quite good. Or you can join any other organization, ACF, Australian Conservation Foundation, or Nature Conservation Council. Um, you can join Lock the Gates. They do great work in terms of mining. Okay. Um, I did work with them as well, and they also connect you with the regions. You know, they, they do tours to the mining. They're really outstanding, actually, mm. as well. Um, be informed is something that's, I think, really important. So yeah. when people come up to you and say, oh, these greenies, or I don't like wind farms, mm. or, you know, why we all need homes and stuff. You know, there's really good websites, like the Climate Council. Yeah. They also do really good little clips and films. Okay. Explainers. Mm. Fantastic. Um, you know, so read. And Saturday paper is great. The monthly is great. Mm. You know, just don't, don't just read the so-called yellow press or just don't just get informed. I reckon yeah. on social media either because you're okay. only looking. Yeah. You're broadening your, broaden your horizons. Yeah. Horizon. Okay. Yeah. 
and be open to it as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be open to it, of mm. course. Yeah. But I think you know, and listen to the signs. You know, mm. it's like you know, nobody, nobody in this sort of field, you know, is just claiming something that's just not true. It is literally mm. whatever we say and do is science-based. Mm. What is best for us mm. humans and what's best for nature and. Nature won't wait for us, yeah. but we need nature. Yes. You know, if we want to be part of this journey that nature is doing, it's mm. our decision. But we can also just close our eyes and say, mm. you know, and you know, our kids they will suffer mm. and are suffering actually. Yes, mm. the future generations. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of groups. You know, you can reach out. Mm. On, you know, you can ask me if you don't want to. I was going to say that was my last question. <laughs> is because I always end it with this. But um, how can everyone get in contact with you? And then what will be some final words? Do you know what I mean that you give the people? Do you know what I mean that you say just to maybe some food for thought, or I even do like if there's like some quote that's hit your heart one day that you want to like share with everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with me, um, you want to be doing something f- with us here mm. on the ground, koalas and native forests, mm. um, reach out to doro, D-O-R-O, at bobbrown.org.au. Mm. And if you forget this, just go on the website, bobbrown.org.au. Um, and you just say, oh, there's this person in Sydney. Who is it? And then they put you through to me. <laughs> That's you. You're the person yeah. in Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Um, for a quote, like I think um, there's two quotes I wanted to, Perfect. you know, maybe maybe leave with. Mm. One, and I think we obviously already sort of touched that, mm. but one is um, um, nature doesn't need people, but people need nature. Mm. Um, think about it. This is true. You know, nature does not need people. But people need nature mm. because that's what we need. Everything we wear, we eat, comes from nature. Facts. Yes. So if we destroy it, nature will come back. But Destroys. whether we will come back is a different question. Mm. And the other question, thing is like, it doesn't take much to join. You know, the first step is the hardest. So mm. reaching out to me or or somebody you know who is involved and you want to join them, that is the hardest. And don't think that you can't do it or you are not the right person. You are, mm. you know, you are your best. Once you do this, take this first step and it will be incredibly rewarding mm. for you as well. You know, so um, don't think some it's somebody else's job. It's not. It is your job, your job alone, together with everybody else who will take that same step. So it's incredibly important that um, you just take this first step, you know, and it's very rewarding. And, you know, it's great to be on the right side of history, you know, serving nature and then you be in nature and you experience it. And so please don't think it's somebody else's job, it's yours. (laughs) Beautiful. Take the first step, take responsibility. Mm. I love that. Dora, thank you so much. No, thank you, Coco. For being part of the Midnight mm. Moods podcast and bringing this energy to it. We needed it here. And um, yeah, we'll definitely stay in contact. I want to help whatever I can do. And um, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, thank you very much. And hopefully we'll have your music in our video. Yes, too. of course. <laughs> Why not, man? Yes. Eventually I could, we can make a song, you yeah. know. Once I immerse myself in it, like that art thing, I'd definitely love to do. Yeah. Um, because yeah, being yeah, mm. exactly being in there and getting that inspiration mm. will be wonderful. 
Yeah. But yeah, thank you Would so much. Awesome. Thank no, you. No, thank you. Thank you. This is another episode of the Midnight Moods Podcast Fam. Conscious conversations, real talk, real ones. Thank you, Dora, once again. I'm Coco the Conscious. See you next time.